tonight, the long wait is over. Decades in the wilderness, now forgotten for the Sharks and the Bulldogs. Premiership glory theirs, at last. It's a special grand final wrap-up edition. Andrew Fafita, a great player, but not a good enough man for a kangaroo jumper. We'll count down the 2016 Tommy Awards. We pay tribute to cricket legend Max Walker. And the world's best fast bowler, Mitchell Stark, is our special guest. How could you not be pumped? This is the Backpage Live. Wanted to run around in the baggy green. Be on TV shows like this where we can have a laugh. Never ever give up. They think women aren't strong enough, but we just beat the world. Their sixes are gold. I got pressed in the back of the head regularly. It's just unfortunate it was from a coach. Hello, buddy. Welcome. After a massive weekend of sport, there is so much to sink our teeth into. So let's say hello to Kelly Underwood and Robert Craddock. Welcome to you both. Uh, look forward to our conversation shortly. On this side, Jules Schiller alongside Adam Spencer. Hello to the both of you. Great to be here. Oh, I bet it's going to get testy tonight. Look, we went into the weekend with a couple of potential grand final fairy tales. Well, one came true. (laughs) One came true with the Sharkies finally winning their first premiership. Uh, Look, it was great. I was out there. Last week's special guest, Jason Stevens, uh, he took a ticket from me, didn't even ask for an appearance fee. This was a pretty amazing moment, waiting since 1967 crash. Oh, yeah. Two of the best, probably the best finals weekend we've seen for a long time. I mean, look at this. These images will live in history so long as rugby league is played. Got to admit, different vibe to the AFL final. You didn't have to be a Dogs fan to be a Dogs fan. Whereas the Sharks, if you weren't on board, if you weren't from the Shire, you could give them grudging respect. But a lot of people, they didn't quite grab their heart. There wasn't... I saw people watching the Bulldogs, which were just sort of absolutely neurotic. They weren't even Bulldogs fans. Neurotic? <laughs> Erotic? Which word we're looking Erotic. for? Erotic. <laughs> Erotic. It was Bozza, actually. Flanner and you're around. But the or Sharks, erotic. look, they got there. And, and good on them, too. They're still celebrating, and well they might. And it was a pinch-yourself moment for them as well. And what great stories that the NRL Grand Final has thrown up over the last three years when you look at Souths and then the Cowboys and now the Sharks. I mean, and that's why we love being, I guess, sports broadcasters, because we're communicators. We tell great stories, a celebration of Australian and, sport. And you can turn the porch light off. I love that. Uh, mm. I thought my jokes are old, but <laughs> that joke from Harold Holt <laughs> yes. getting trotted out. You know, I was reading about Harold Holt, because uh, Paul Gallon yep. said that. Harold Holt actually played Aussie rules, like with, with all that. He was an Aussie Victoria, rules player in Melbourne, so kind of a bizarre reference. Did you uh, sit and watch the, the grand final at all? The league grand final? Yes. Yeah, I, I saw the second half. I saw that beautiful moment when the Channel 9 commentators suddenly were terrified. The team they were just so clearly barracking for all game <laughs> weren't going to win. It was, the second half was amazing. Eight dot, then he gets back to 12-8, then the 14-12. And those last few minutes How? could have gone... You were tossing a coin. Could have gone either way. How did the Storm not score at mm. the death there? A couple of moments they had, obviously a combination of a couple of things. They made a couple of poor decisions. Here's one. Under fatigue, under fatigue, Will Chambers at this moment. This is just with a couple of minutes left in the game. Miraculously recovers the ball. Cooper Cronk is standing inside him. Screaming for he it. Cron- yeah, screaming for it. Here's the number seven coming down on the inside. He gets the ball. Give it to me, give it to me. But no. Yep. But those sorts of things... And would have been one of the all-time great plays, wouldn't it, in in grand final history if he'd made that. 
Were you thinking at this stage, oh, oh, this is an instant replay of last year? Absolutely, because all the Sharks are over that side. Their scramble, this is the, the last play, and their scramble to get across there, turn Storm back inside to go uh, again. There were a couple of neuro-erotic Shark fans at this point. Thankfully, went their way. And Craig Bellamy just said, uh, when the Storm players returned yesterday and he was interviewed, he said, we just needed one more minute. One more minute, and he, and he thought that they would have got them. Hell that's Melbourne. just like him, what, 81 minutes? How <laughs> <laughs> Melbourne didn't, didn't lose that game by 20, I'll never mm. know. They held and they held. But it just shows the story. The two grand finals was that rampant passion yep. can, can tear down a structure. It happened, you know, the big money on game day was for the favourites because punters thought, no, no, this day will be too big for the Bulldogs. It'll be too big for the Sharks. Mm. The favourites will just win. Didn't happen. Well, rampant something tore down this one structure. We'll get we'll to get that, that. Uh, we'll in get a little that. while. Uh, Andrew Fafita obviously played great footy in that grand final. He scored the match-winning try. It was just sensational. i got no idea how he got across the line here. At one, one point, he, he, I thought he was going to get it down on one side of his body. Just so strong here. Uh, he reaches out that side, doesn't get it down, so it comes back around and scores that. Now, that's with just a lazy five guys. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. He, he's, he's occasionally compared to Arthur Beetson. And it's a very fair comparison. Perhaps not the fittest guy, but just beautiful skills. And he missed out on the Clive Churchill medal, for uh, yeah, it, which went to Luke Lewis. I've got to admit, if you play in a grand final and you break eight more tackles than anyone on the field, you score the winning try, you make 30-plus tackles... I didn't even like the bloke, but I've got to say this. He, he was, was just best, best on ground. Best end, end of story. All right. Well, the story then, I guess, within that is, was he, A, given that we now know that he hasn't been selected for the Kangaroos and the NRL's given the reasons for that, last night, did, uh, on uh, Sunday night, did he not get that Clive Churchill because they didn't want him to be making a speech and say something inappropriate? Was that an action, a deliberate action? It's a, it's a question to which we may never truly find out the answer. But I've got to tell you this. If that was Arthur Beetson, who I compared him to, he would have been the Churchill medalist. They just would have given it to him, you know. There's no love for Fafita. There, yeah. there is no love for him. And that could have been right. They might not have wanted him to make a speech because, you know, he's one of the most polarising figures in the game. That's it. Luke Lewis played great footy. And the day, the day that you start giving out rugby league best on grounds in terms of public speaking ability... <laughs> yeah, you're on a very slippery side, my friend. Some years they just won't give it out to him. What about the idea, the message from the NRL obviously today that he wasn't wasn't available selection uh, for the Kangaroos was because the on-field behaviour has to be matched by the off-field behaviour if you are to deserve the green and gold uh, Guernsey for the Kangaroos. That seems to me to be a good call. Oh, I completely disagree. Um, I mean, to me, that is so inconsistent. What does the NRL or its integrity unit know about Andrew Fafita today that it didn't know last week before the NRL? Last week he wasn't being selected for Australia. But now I listened is. to what Todd Greenberg said today and he's holding the Australian team up to different standards to being playing in the NRL. Highest office in the land, green and gold Guernsey. You must well, fit but it a does, certain... But it does nothing for the integrity of the game if you're saying, OK, we've got standards here for playing for Australia... But two days earlier, what changed? I mean, different standards in the NRL. Well, they've, they've, this is the interesting thing. I mean, Mel Meninga's trying to basically put in a no-dickheads policy. Now, Fafida also has form. When he last toured England in 2013 for the World Cup, he trashed a hotel room. And I know blokes on that tour who said, this guy will never tour again. And that's been forgotten in all this. He's not a good tourist. Some guys do not spend a long... Uh, do not handle being away from home. However, what gets me is this investigation into him wearing the armband over the Kieran Loveridge incident. Yep. 
Like, that should be settled in two days. It happened a month ago and it's dragging on. What's the conclusion to it? Uh, OK, I get the fact you're standing him down. I don't mind the call. Mm. But is this issue going to be resolved? And as for Semi Radradra, well, he played for the Prime Minister's 11 13 days ago, coached by Mal. So, I see mean, what I mean? It's inconsistent. It, it and, is inconsistent. And clearly the NRL hasn't announced any form of penalty or no. the conclusion of this investigation yep. while the finals is on yep. because you're trying to avoid negative publicity. Yep, true. Jack Bird uh, played on through excruciating pain after hyperextending his elbow. This is one of the stories of the game. That was very ugly quite early in the game as well. And you could see there he had very limited use of the right arm uh, and then straight back into the defensive line. Uh, and into the game. I do, he's, he's a tough boy. I, I did like the, uh, just put it in context, this is his <laughs> quote, uh, this is war, you're going to do anything to win. If you're going to rip someone's eyeballs out, you're going to do it. Mm. Yeah. That's <laughs> what you want to hear from your players. Yeah, good, it? good attitude for a kid's birthday party as well <laughs> if you don't have a game of backyard cricket. <laughs> it reminded me of an incident at the 1992 World Debating Championship. <laughs> I got a paper cut on this finger. And, and you, uh, just, you just have to keep going. Push through. Play on through. He was terrific. Mick Ennis, of course, a friend of the show, uh, went out in a blaze of glory. And a little bit of nickel. What, nickel, what do we make of this? Uh, he obviously kicks the ball through. Again, uh, Cam Smith knocks the ball on. <laughs> little pat on the back. Just encouragement. What about Mick? He gets barreled out like a nine-pin there for the bowling ball. I, I think he's like the NRL equivalent of the crazy frog ringtone. He just gets in your head and just can't get him out while you're playing. What, what about after all these years, Mick knew he couldn't be suspended? So fourth tackle of the match. Cop this, Delilah. And wasn't he loving it? To give him credit, you know, occasionally you get a, a, a crazy guy go out and think, I am not leaving that field without a premiership medal, you know? And or somebody's eyeballs. Yeah. One of the two. <laughs> but, but, but he was great. Like, he harassed Cooper Cronk like I've never seen Cronk harassed. And, and you know, in the twilight of his, well, the end of his career, Mick produced one of his finest hours. They wouldn't have been anywhere near that grand final without Mick Ennis this year. Yeah. Cam Smith didn't react overly to that, but he's just a great leader, not just uh, you know, with his footy team, but a leader in the game. How good was his speech? On behalf of the entire Melbourne Storm Footy Club, I'd just like to congratulate the Cronulla Sharks, their club, all the fans. You guys have been waiting a very long time for this moment, and uh, it's taken a, you know, a lifetime, and many people that supported the club for a long time didn't see a premiership, but... Everyone here tonight has, and I hope you uh, enjoy it thoroughly. Well done. See, that's class, isn't yeah. it? A couple of grammatical errors, but apart from that, it was <laughs> great. It was, he is such a lovely guy, isn't he? And he to is. acknowledge the winning team, just a class act. 71 tackles in 80 yeah. minutes. The entire Bulldogs team against your Swans, I'm sure we'll get to that at mm. some point. I'm guessing we will. They had uh, 92 tackles. So 22 players in the Bulldogs had 92 tackles. Yep. One man had 71. Yeah. There is a lot more tackling in, in the area. I know, You're absolutely I right. know, but, but it's just still, phenomenal that's, that's effort. A tackle every minute. Absolutely brilliant, and most ever in, in a grand final. There was a lot of love in the Shire, uh, well, for everyone basically. Paul Gallen even lovingly roasted his coach, Shane Flanagan. I think of him as a tradesman because he is. He's a, he's a plumber, a former plumber, and that's just the way he goes about his business, you know. Real tradesman like. He's unflashy, doesn't wear good clothes, and he's just <laughs> the best-looking man, but he just comes in and does his job, and as I said, he still... My missus will be filthy. <laughs> he, still goes, he still goes down the local pub most nights and has a beer. He's just, just real tradesman. <laughs> just real tradesman-like, and I think that's the way our team is, you know? We just we go out there and we just do our job, and if, every, if everyone plays their potential, we, 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 win, we win most games, which is what we did. Gee, the day that Paul Gallen says you're not good-looking. <laughs> <laughs>
No offence, Paul, you know, Rembrandt yourself. <laughs> he got down the end, though, with his love for him, didn't yeah. he? And, he did. and they do play in the same mould as the coach. All right, uh, as a singer, Richie Sambora is just a great guitarist. Uh, have a listen. I think at that point, Ooh. everyone in the stadium wished they were connected to the Adelaide power grid. And they sort of <laughs> locked them I was at the stadium. It didn't sound nearly as bad there because really? everybody... Well, Jason Stevens was singing very loudly in my ear at that point, but you couldn't really hear. That's hear something that. you'd hear on Tuesday night at the Cronulla yeah. Leagues yeah. Club. That's some, a cover band, really. Some, a very... some, somewhere on the other side of the world, Meatloaf is just sitting back. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I still no, say the no best voice of both grand finals was Mike Brady, a 68-year-old Mike Brady singing One Day in October. He was... I had to thought he might have been lip-syncing because it was so good. What about Keith Urban? You didn't rate him or Sting? Uh, he was good, but uh, as someone wrote about Sting, we're so negative about grand final acts that they said the greatest compliment we can give Sting, he went so well that in two years no-one will know what he sung. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. All right, huge congratulations to Cooper Cronk and Jason Tamalola, joint winners of the Dally M medal. And huge commiserations to them both for failing to appear in our very own 2016 Tommy Awards. And we start with the, uh, the brain fade of the year. Early on, oh. Greg Inglis, yep. yes, winning a copy of Adam Spencer's Book of Numbers. <laughs> uh, last year's field goal attempt. Sadly, his side was down by two field goal worth one point, Greg. Uh, bad luck, fella, but you've won an award. And the most entertaining con uh, conversion. Yeah, there he goes. Cam Smith kicks the goal! <laughs> Love it. And the Tommy Ward uh, for the banner fail of the year goes to the Rabbitohs. Look at Johnny Sutton, never convinced he's going to get through. <laughs> <laughs> Put the head down and, of course, needs a little bit of help. And there he goes. With his daughter. Yeah, <laughs> with the daughter. And the Tommy Ward for best lighting goes to the Dragons. <laughs> the only way they could score tries this year was, <laughs> was by attacking under the cover of darkness. Uh, worked beautifully for us in that game. Anyway, well done, Dragons. Uh, the most appropriate pitch invader, the Black Panther, who made an appearance at Penrith. When I say Black Panther, I mean small cat. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Ward, the We Didn't Think This Through award goes to these Raiders supporters. <laughs> Drift <laughs> a sea of sharks. Just his facial expression. Yes, the most upfront fan banner. Uh, this one to Corey Parker. Yes, please sign my boots. Mm. Do love that one. It's his grandma as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the best answer at a press conference. Do you like Golden Point? Uh, oh. <laughs> well done, Wayne Bennett. And speaking of Wayne, the best celebrator again, oh. Sam Thiday is twerking behind Wayne's back. Beautiful work. The undies are going great guns as well. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. And the... I think I'm going to call this one the feel-good moment goes to Josh Reynolds. Oh, sorry, that should be good feel moment. <laughs> oh. Oh, <laughs> so wrong. You're right wrong. moment. And yet so right. <laughs> so uh, the best supporting actor goes to Blake Ferguson, just showing he's a real oh. team player. Look at blue. Look at... Look at blue. Well done. The Jason Stevens Award for Best Atomic Wedgie. Oh, oh, recipient. Wow. Yeah, that goes to Josh Mansour. Oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs>
that now. Come with a sound effect. I love it. <laughs> the Tommy Award to the sneakiest schooner. season for the Knights. A long season. Best statement of the bleeding obvious. Uh, this touch judge, yeah, when he says, uh, hit me on the head. Yes, we know. That's why we're doubled over laughing. We know it hit you on the head. And the best celebration fail goes hands down to Aaron Woods. <laughs> beautiful work, Aaron. Beautiful work to all of our recipients of the 2016 yeah. Tommy Awards. Congratulations. It was a tough field. All right. To the AFL and the Western Bulldogs had waited even longer than the Sharks to add to their single premiership from 1954, but they got the job done against the Swans. Now, I haven't seen any of the end uh, result of this game. I didn't uh, stay around for the celebration, so I'm not going to watch it tonight either, Kel, so away you go. Oh, OK. <laughs> You're not watching it. All right. Okay. Well, I mean, look, to sum it up, this is a team that's cried rivers of tears over the years with all the disappointments that they've had, and it was swept away in one glorious afternoon at the MCG. The players, we spoke about it last week, Crash, whether the fact they might be too emotional, will they embrace their emotion? <laughs> Is it finished yet? Yeah, what are finishing? No, oh, good, good. They embrace their history, they no. embrace their community, and it was absolutely beautiful. I think the best metaphor for this game was a Bulldog supporter called Bob McCarthy, who actually had a cardiac arrest. 20 minutes from the final siren, and he was revived with a defibrillator because the MCG obviously has emergency, yeah. and he woke up in hospital. Because while, the, while this game was important to the players, for, for the Footscray or Western Bulldogs fans, it was life and death, yeah. almost, wasn't it? And I think he he really summed that up. Well, the, those fans, the images, Jules, of the fan day mm. are quite spectacular, aren't they? I don't know how many people were there. Look at that. They're talking about uh, around 30,000. I know Bob Murphy tweeted saying it's like Woodstock, but just Unbelievable. I mean, like lots of bad acid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as I mentioned before, I mean, it, it just felt so much like a community win. And we don't really say this in the sort of corporate world of modern sport these days. I keep looking at you, Adam, to sort of get some feedback off you, but I feel like no, I'm not I'm, getting no, much I was, I was there the other day and, and I, I heard several people using the phrase best day of my life. This yeah. is the best yeah. thing that has ever happened. And, and Non Hawthorne Grand and Final. Without, <laughs> yeah. without, without dispute, it was. And the, the bit at the end, you know, beverage, the, the yes. gesture. Yeah, that was great. I've got a vision of this. Luke Beveridge, the coach, obviously, with injured skipper uh, Bob Murphy. Well, they had this great moment. Yeah, and it's so powerful. It, it's selfless. I guess it's the coach saying, look, it's not about me. It's about the players. And they, these players, these 22 players crashed. They knew everything that that coach did was about them and that he loved them. I got yeah. emotional last year when Luke, Luke Hogg thanked Audi and Swiss as well in his speech. That was a very <laughs> terrible moment. <laughs> it, got even, it got even sweeter than that, well, bit, though, uh, didn't it? I think yeah, you saw it was something. The next day at Wittenover yeah. with all those fans there and they decided to replay that moment. Yeah. The, the um, Luke Beveridge handing over the Premiership medallion and um, Libby Gore was there with the ABC. She was broadcasting, captured this moment on her phone. So this is the two of them watching a replay of it, Bob Murphy just going in for the kiss. Cal, did it remind you of anything, that moment, at all? Did no. it remind you of anything? I think I've got something to little uh, spur your memory on here. Uh, we've got that... I think we've got that picture. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs>
this meme went around. And interesting enough, if that was true, that would mean Bob Murphy would later sketch Luke Beveridge naked on a couch at some point and then push him off a door into and, the sea. And his heart will go on. <laughs> exactly. I, I love it. Doesn't, that didn't spoil the moment for me at all. That was brilliant. OK, what, were there, was there any specific moment in the game for you that stood out? Well, everyone's talking about the moment where um, Matthew Boyd tackled the, um, the man that no-one can tackle Buddy Franklin in that last quarter and the ball spilled clear and it was Tom Boyd, the much-criticised young gun for the Bulldogs that boots it from outside 50. And it sort of sums up, really, um, Luke Beveridge and what he's been able to do with this team, Crash. He, he's turned wor workhorses like Matthew Boyd into thoroughbreds and they are just littered throughout this team. I think it's given everyone hope. To come from two... We always say it's hard to move up the AFL ladder. In, in rugby league, there's been eight different teams in the last four grand finals. But in AFL, the Bulldogs come from 14 three years ago. But to give you a bit of credit, when we sat here and bagged the Tom Boyd trade and said, what are they paying a million dollars for this bloke? He's done nothing. You held your ground about well, he, he, a couple of weeks in a row. What made you think that, that that would pay dividends? Because when he was recruited as the number one pick, you spoke to those that, you know, were involved with him when he was a junior coach, and they said, this kid's like a, a Tom Brady in the NFL. You can almost set your club up around him. So what was it, a seven-year deal for $7 yep. million, something like that? He's 20. Tom Hawkins at Geelong took a, a while before he exploded onto the scene. So you know, I think we're a little bit quick to judge sometimes with these players. Right. It, it seemed to be fated that the Bulldogs would win that game. Uh, I don't know what you thought about that, whether the, everybody was on message, uh, on point, with uh, ensuring that that was what happened. I, look, I should start by saying, you know, congratulations to the Bulldogs. Congratulations. The, the, the story across the season and the entire <laughs> finals campaign is wonderful. Yep. I'm just going to get a uh, coffee, bro. Yeah. I should also say... Obviously, as the Swans' number one ticket holder, I can't pretend I'm not biased, but I do challenge anyone to watch that game and say at three-quarter time the free kick count of 15 to four was right. As hard as they tried, I think the umpires got caught up in the magic of it. It was just not a game... And it was a game where that had a significant impact. I'm not saying the Swans would have won, but if you're going to give 15 frees to four at three-quarter time in a game like that, it's pretty much impossible... So the, for the other team to hold their ground, get in front and win it. So the two biggest robberies on the weekend were Kim Kardashian and the Swans. <laughs> <laughs> two guys to call. Two two guys to call. The Hanbury one uh, late in the game, obviously. The Hanbury one is horrible and dangerous and Swans take, fans take it very seriously because it was Gary Rowan's broken leg that brought this yeah. rule in. How that's not a free kick and could break someone's leg in a grand final and it's yeah. just play on. Well, the sliding rule... Like... And there were too many examples yeah. in, in, like in that soccer to mention. That, in soccer, that's a red card and sent off. You have to protect players' legs. Exactly. And I think the same thing a... happened earlier yeah. in the game where Kieran Jack jumped to avoid someone diving in yep. and got penalised well, for not making contact with the guy then marched 50... The sliding rule was ignored, yeah. wasn't it, on the day? I mean, it might as well not be in. The, the umpires do officiate differently well, we in heard... the bigger games and it, uh, I feel for these guys Well, just a before bit, we went to... Right. Exactly, yeah. And just before we went to it, I heard that the differential between the two teams, penalty free kick-wise, was as big as there's ever been the eight, the eight in threes, the three-umpire system. The eight started. threes that Sydney received is the least any team's ever received but, in the grand final, and they Adam, got three of those when the game was over. But, Adam, something happened. There, there were guys mm. who went, went missing. I mean, the story of that game... We, we've, the umpire story, yeah, OK, it's there. 
But guys like Gary Rowan, we spoke to him last week, I thought Gary was almost invisible. Do, I mean, do you think at the end it would have been more appropriate for Luke Beveridge to go up to the umpire and say, I think you deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not <laughs> let, let me clarify, I'm not saying for a second... I'm not saying for a second the Bulldogs didn't serve to win, but if the AFL have integrity about this, they watch that back, and if the AFL watch that okay. back and go, no, we think 15 to 4 at three-quarter time was fine, then they, yeah. they can wear Did that. Did it cost right, you the, the game? It's, it's too hard to say. I genuinely think we would have been three or four goals up at three-quarter time if it had been... Later tonight straight. after four or five drinks, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, good news, the good news is that if you followed certain sections of the media, uh, the result was entirely different. Mm. Now, this was an ad uh, that was placed in The Age for Victoria University, a uh, huge sponsor, obviously, the Bulldogs. In spite of the disappointment of the grand <laughs> final mm. loss, the Bulldogs showed incredible heart and sportsmanship. So, until the final siren. I've only watched the game back in portions. I have read that ad 2,468 <laughs> times. Yeah, <laughs> This one here from the City Morning Herald go. Online. City well, Sports well, Premier's 2016 flag adjust reward. Absolutely. I would have this is from the SCG. Come and join us. Congratulations on winning the 2016 flag. I'm feeling a momentum here. I'm feeling That's a bit. Good. Exactly. I've used this. I haven't seen any victory <laughs> celebrations. So far as I'm concerned, we won. My palms are sweating watching that because, honestly, it's the, amount of, <laughs> the amount of times you're covering a night game and, you, and you've got story A and story B, on, you're filing on deadline and you've got, you know, Queensland wins, Queensland loses, and it would only take a... I've hit the wrong button, and uh, it'll happen to me one day, I'm sure. It's been an amazing year for breaking mm. of uh, title droughts across a whole range of sports. Just have a look, and, and Kelly, you can help me t take me through this. Is, uh, the EPL obviously is the huge one uh, for Leicester, 132 years struggling this season, of course. The the, the Bulldogs, yep. 62 yep. years. Drought breakers, and also underdogs. When yeah. you have a look through there, Cronulla maybe not so as much. The Cleveland Cavs. Obviously, their first one, they were down 3-1 in that final series against the Warriors and no other team in the NBA had come back from 3-1 down. Portugal yep. and, uh, and Adelaide United. Jules, uh, what was it? I think round eight and they were bottom of the ladder. Yeah, when nine. Expected round to nine, win. bottom mm. of the ladder, went to the top and won the title for the first time. Mm. Yeah, so there's certainly something in the air in this year. All right, Chris Fagan has been given the Brisbane Lions coaching job, which should see him age 10 years in the next two, <laughs> uh, which would be terrific. What do we know uh, of what he's done, Kel, that will uh, help with the job? Well, he's another one of Clarko's closest confidants, in a sense. I mean, this Hawthorne program over the last few years has produced so many great leaders in the AFL at the moment. I think there's about five or six coaches, and so that's adding to them. And there'll, there'll be more that come through. As players yeah. retire, Sam Mitchell, I have no doubt, will go on to become a coach in the AFL as well. So it is the Luke Beveridge prototype, isn't it? The favourite sons are out. Yep. And the, the shouters and the sort of finger pointers are gone. And yep. this is... I heard it described uh, on Melbourne Radio earlier today as the cuddle generation. Came across very oh. well, absolutely. It is press conference today. Dip Ed, good teacher. My issue is he's always been one step away from the spotlight... And when you sit down there at press conferences and look down the barrel and you've got 12 journalists asking you questions, why was your team? It's a special sort of pressure that sometimes can take time to get used to. Mm. All right, we'll see how he travels. Uh, the old wedding proposal at a sporting event is always fraught with danger, kids. Uh, this effort at the Yankees' Red Sox baseball game, they had a bit of everything. Have a listen. He showed Heather and his, or soon-to-be fiance, and he opened up the ring box and the <laughs> ring had fallen out of the box. And there was just a sheer <laughs> panic look over on his face. Like, he looked in the box on the big screen and said, my God, there's no ring here. But I'm sure you had to pay to... Looking everywhere. To put well, hold on. Hold on. Hey, wait, we got it. Wait a second. Yo, we made yeah. it.
She says no. Say yes. Say no. Say yes. Say no. Say no. Oh, you old romantic cow. Make him bleed. I wonder if for a couple of seconds it flashed through his mind, is this a sign? Is there something greater at play here? Losing the engagement ring is one thing. Losing your child at the tennis... That's even more harrowing. This happened. It was in an exhibition uh, game. There's uh, Joan McEnroe. But she's got, obviously, uh, child missing. But the child oh. returns, obviously, happy and other wouldn't be playing this, uh, this bit for you. I've got a 60 minutes crew in there. <laughs> 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 still, still, it's better to briefly lose your child at a sedate event like the tennis than somewhere like, I don't know, uh, the final <laughs> jump at the steeplechase. <laughs> Anybody seen Jeffrey? <laughs> no, he was here a second ago, I'm sure. Every time you play that clip, the kid's got a different name. I know. Pretty calm under pressure, yeah. young Jeffrey. Yeah, Jeffrey. <laughs> All right, still to come, the Aussies uh, need him back in a hurry. Mitch Stark joins us. Uh, this week's top five, plus the Aussie Formula One fans arrested for smuggling budgies in Malaysia. <laughs> when my name did come out, um, then there's this doubt of, am I good enough? And then you sit in the dressing room and you look around and you see Dennis Lilly, Rodney Marsh, Ian Chappell, Greg Chappell, Dougie Walters, Ashley Mallett, Redpath, Stackpole, and you think, my goodness, I come from Hobart, Tasmania, what am I doing? You know, sitting here... Rick. Sign off stump. Bad luck for Barry Wood. A good breakthrough for Max Walker. A very thick inside edge there. Cricket has just been a fabulous life. You become a test cricketer, you know, it's 440-ish now that have owned one of those green baggies. It, it, unashamedly, it, it's helped shape who I am, what I've become, what I stand for. Test cricket is a test of character and skill and stamina. And a whole bunch of things. You, ca you can't make them up and everyone's unique. And I think one of my favourite words is unordinary. And I guess, in a sense, um, that tangle foot and then tangles sums it up. When the game is through, Max Walker gone at 68. Great player, great character. He was somebody who had that amazing skill to be everybody's mate, even if you'd never met him. How long ago did you do that interview, Crash? Yeah, it was done about uh, a year ago, Tone. And uh, Did he have any idea of his health status at that stage? I think he knew the end was nigh, but I didn't. He never let it on. He did give one little clue, though. When the interview went to air, about ten minutes after, I got a lovely message from him. I'm getting a bit emotional here. But he said, oh, mate, I feel so appreciative that my life story's gone to air. And when I saw it, I thought, oh, this is not your life story. You know, you've... you've... But when I look back at it, I realised that that was him sort of saying goodbye and thanks. And, oh, the spirit he showed in that interview. The, the cam One cameraman said to me, he said, oh, mate, I, I've... During... When a bloke tells beautiful stories, sometimes I forget I'm behind a camera yeah. and I get so entranced by it. But... You don't often use the term sweetheart for a guy, but Max was a sweetheart. You when know. I think of him, I think of that Eregard commercial. Well, exactly. Have a good weekend, Mr Walker. And yeah. I, I think, <laughs> uh, you know, we might even have it uh, here somewhere at the moment. But he, just before he passed away, or in the year before it, Dad Max tracked down young Adam Garnett there, who's... No. 
you moved to North Queensland. He was boss of the North Queensland uh, Fury up there, the soccer team. And they had the most beautiful reconnection after all those years, 30, 40 years. And Max was so proud of that. He went back. You know, sometimes people, when they know their own mortality, they go back and reconnect with their roots. And that was a nice part of him. He was fantastic. And I think every, everyone my age, at least once in their life, put their shoulder out in backyard cricket, <laughs> yes. trying to imitate that action. <laughs> that these days, you'd, you'd, someone, some sports yeah. scientist would stop you and go, you can't, you just can't do that. No one's ever bowled like that before or ever will again. And it was just glorious. And we've got five bowlers broken down before the start of the summer with stress-related injury. Max never broke down. As he said, everyone laughed at my action. He said, but it was fine to me. It just worked. Yeah, great, man. Well played, Tangles. All right. The A-League kicks off on uh, Friday and the season was launched today with the theme, you've got to have a team. This is an interesting stat. The notion of uh, two point whatever million people who are involved in playing the game, that 50% have actually invested emotionally in an A-League team. It is interesting because so many people play football or they might support foreign, especially EPL teams, but not A-League teams. So I love the uh, catchphrase of the A-League, you've you got to pick a team or you've got to have a team, which is something, if you watch the NRL Grand Final, Channel 9 certainly did. <laughs> 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 they took it to heart. But, you know, but it, is a great, it is a great phrase. Let's hope it goes well. The Sydney Derby this weekend. Yeah, indeed, don't forget the A-League, it does kick off Friday with Brisbane hosting Melbourne Victory at 7pm on Channel 505. Now, with the EPL, your team travelling pretty well, Liverpool. Liverpool, yes. They, uh, ground, they came from behind against Swansea. They're sitting fourth on the table just behind uh, Arsenal. Tottenham, I would say, are the front runners. This is a, a great get-out-of-jail goal. Yeah. They came now, just watching this, Firmino, uh, this yes. is before the NRL Grand Final. I'm just looking at that celebration there. Does it remind you of uh, Benny Barber? Look at this. Up he gets. Boom, 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 maybe boom. it's a Firmino. Or maybe the Sharks are big in Brazil. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's more two pistols versus pump-action shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite different Which from mine. Which you prefer? <laughs> I think the pump-action shotgun. All right, a goalkeeper needs a little bit of luck. This bloke had plenty trying to save this penalty. Here it goes. Off the bar, then onto his back, <laughs> and the header, and, and, and now again it goes. Hey. It's absolutely extraordinary as you see it in slam. <laughs> Just <laughs> got absolutely no idea where it is, but he manages to keep it out. All right, Dan Ricardo has finally climbed to the top of the podium this season with his uh, win in the Malaysian Grand Prix. Now, he may have been helped by an engine blowout in Lewis Hamilton's Mercedes. Still got the job done. Yeah, that was probably the biggest fairy tale of all. Yeah. It was Hamilton's engine blowing up. He was—he claimed there was some sort of conspiracy, although no other car has to carry around a giant ego mm. like it does with Lewis. <laughs> and this is great, isn't it, Ricardo, on the podium doing the shoey, which is almost as part of Formula One now as tax evasion. So it's <laughs> <laughs> great to see him do that. It's terrific. He deserved this win. He'd been stiff so many times. All right, still there at that event, a group of Aussie fans celebrated by dropping their trousers to show off the Malaysian flag on their budgie smugglers. They've been arrested. They did a bit of Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi as well. In your undies, yeah. in Malaysia, mm -hmm. in a word, brave. Yeah. Oh, With in other words, stupid. I get the, I, I, I'm not, I'm not an, an expert on the Malaysian judicial system. Yeah. I get the impression they take this sort of stuff reasonably seriously. Yeah, and premeditated too. Like, you had to dress up the coordinated plan yep. overnight. I mean, just plain stupidity, really. Yeah. They've... Been locked, they've been arrested, they're in jail. They talk about them being there for four days, talk about deportation. They're taking, as you said, very, very seriously. Well, I think they're facing maybe up to six months in jail. And though I noticed um, one of the newspapers today calling them the Budgie Nine. 
the, oh, the, <laughs> the budgie nine. Uh, that could have been worse, though. Uh, that could have been wearing the Singaporean flag, uh, which I think would have got them even more trouble. Oh, no. uh, yeah, yes, here it is here. Oh, <laughs> Tony. What, what do you mean, Tony? Oh, Tony. Oh, Tony. There they are. That's not my idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly not Tony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, it is <laughs> moving swiftly on. Like, uh, do you want to wear these? Or I like <laughs> it's so good to see the usually sedate sport of golf kick up a gear in the team environment. Now, the US and Europe went at it in the Ryder Cup. The action between Patrick Reed and, and Rory McIlroy, this is the pick of it. Look at him. This is one of the greatest uh, golfing contests ever. Look at him shouting out, come on, what are you saying now? Come on. It was magnificent. Like, it was... Rory was dying to punch someone for three days. He <laughs> sunk the big putt. Patrick Reed sinks the big putt and then waves his finger there at Rory. That's one of the most theatrical moments ever seen on a golf course. This guy, Patrick Reed's not very popular. I saw him in Rio yep. and uh, for the US team, the other three members of the US team played together in practice and he played by himself behind them. Really? He's not popular, he's a lone wolf, but he's tough. Is he that is because tough. he also has one of the world world golf's the worst tan lines ever? Watch when he really? takes his hat off. Uh, here he goes and... Whoa! Oh. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> now, a bit of sunscreen on the rest of your face, sunshine, would have done the job there. Yeah, it looks like Frankenstein. <laughs> it's very scary. I, look, I loved a lot of the theatre that went on with this event. Englishman Danny Willett, like, he didn't win a point over the weekend. He won plenty of points, though, for his efforts at the post-match press conference. With everything that happened earlier in the week and then um, the result today and your match today, how would you describe your overall first Ryder Cup experience? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> feel-good moment of the weekend. And, and then the high-fives from the team. <laughs> well, he had a shock of the poor kid. His brother wrote an inflammatory article completely yeah. lambasting American fans. Oh. Yeah. And every day in the course, they say it was volcanic. The things hurled at him, and it did rattle him. He lost every game. But nice to see him come up strong. They say he's a tough little bloke. Got a tat. The only major winner with a tat. <laughs> There's some interesting celebrations from the Americans after they won that. There was this kind of ready, steady, smooch uh, approach. They all had their partners there. Here we go. Although, uh, if you look closely, you can see Ricky Fowler somehow missed out. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> So reminds me of yeah. my year yeah. 12 formal yeah. and my 30 and my 21st day last weekend. <laughs> I've seen your wedding photos too. Shame really. Because Ricky actually does know how to work the public tongue sambo. We've seen it before in the past. It's terrific. Here he goes. And uh, see oh, yeah. if he... Should yeah, see, he doesn't want to stop, as it turns out. He never even met her. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The American hecklers that you mentioned, uh, they didn't reserve their efforts for, for game time. One bloke had a go at Justin Rose for missing a practice putt that I could do better. So Justin Rose invites him out, puts 100 bucks next to the ball and... In the hole. You love that? How good is that? It sort of set the tone for the week. Well, again. If you know what I mean? Like, it's a small thing, but it's a big thing. It's a smart-ass bloke in the crowd getting one over the tourists. That yep. may not seem much. It was, a, it was significant. Again, you can imagine the European team going, that's a sign. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a sign. yeah, A drunken guy in yeah. the crowd is out-butting one of our guys. We could be in a bit of trouble. And, of course, it is a great excuse to look at this week's top five fans who upstaged the players. We start with two-year-old Titus, who took on uh, Shaq O'Neal in a free-throw show down, absolutely smashed him. Look at this, he's then two of this kid, and bang, 
and another <laughs> one, and bang, and another one. Absolutely. Beats Shaq hands down. Number four, uh, four this, this Russian fan who hammered home the winner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> This guy I like as well. He didn't he didn't actually make the conversion, but he did a pretty good effort. Oh, it goes very close. Points for Troy. And I like the fact that the actual goal killer keeper was very amused by the whole thing. Yeah, nice. Beautiful work, there it goes. <laughs> it's a good attempt, Crash. That's Beautiful work. Alright, yeah, number two. Uh, this kid got to live out the dream of playing a point against Roger Federer. Uh, and look, he got the better of him too. And this is the You're kidding oh, me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, imagine if that was curious. He would have beaten him to Sheepish Roger. Uh, number one. Uh, look, I think great hands. Uh, the catching skills here, possibly better than the parenting skills. Oh. Yeah. He's got ball and the baby, and uh, obviously nothing could possibly go wrong. Oh, look at the groaning. Baby's just dangling. Absolutely dangling, but uh, all good. There you go. There is your top five for this week. Coming up, he's destined for greatness. Mitch Stark joins us right here in the studio. Full in length, and he's gone. Oh, that's got to be worth a shout. Yes, it's more than worth a shout. Good, is he? And as great a pleasure as it is to have him with us tonight, I really wish Mitchell Stark was in South Africa. <laughs> we need you, but welcome nonetheless. Thanks, Tom. Let's get the uh, the injury update first. How is the uh, the leg? The knee's fine. Um, sick of wearing a knee brace for, for a knee, that's fine. But um, a couple of deep lacerations and about 30 stitches or so in my leg. So um, training mishap, unfortunately. And yeah, give us the gory yeah, details. Uh, it was an accident, but um, we were doing a fielding drill one area of the ground, which was high catches out of the machine. Um, and there was another drill set up behind us for later on and it was quite a windy day out there at Hurstville and the ball was getting away from me and I slid to catch it and caught it, but um, in the process I slid into a metal plate at the base of the stumps. So well, glad you said caught it. That was important that you caught <laughs> yeah. the ball. I like the way you stressed it was an accident too, just in case we thought that you were <laughs> just to put you back in your box. So you sliced the, the shin in a sense, did you? Or? Yeah, I sliced down my shin and then a sort of a U-shaped slice out of my knee. So that's why I'm in the knee brace, to, to keep that skin attached for it to, to heal back over. And how many stitches? And is it, is it right they're coming out tonight? Yeah, there was... Um... Yeah, we're doing it a bit later. Yeah, there was about 30 or so in there and they had a few out the other day and then the doc's stopping by my place in about an hour to, to take the rest out. So hopefully it's... Um... 
good to go and I can get the brace off at the end of this week, hopefully. Can I say, as someone whose taxes pay for Medicare, I have no trouble at all with a doctor coming to your house <laughs> looking after that because you're a national treasure, my friend, and we need that fixed <laughs> as quickly as possible. <laughs> Mitch, before we get on to cricket, because we've got two very sore Sydney Swan supporters mm. here, but you're, like, I follow you on Instagram and you uh, and Twitter, you really go on about the Giants. Like, you were behind them three years ago. So how, how did you feel about their preliminary final loss? Are you as dark as these guys about... I was actually at the game and um, I was sitting next to a few, few die-hard dog supporters and, and they were in tears after the final. So um, I guess you could see how much it meant to them. And, um, but it was a, a breakout year for the Giants and then they get going on to bigger things. And um, I think they just showed this year what they're, they're going to be capable of in the next, next few, years, few years, definitely. Far more gracious. Let me say. <laughs> Go ahead. I was just saying, Mitchell, cricket's an interesting place at the moment, isn't it? We've got about five uh, fast bowlers injured. I mean, yours is a, an accident. And, and you've got old-timers saying, oh, these blokes don't play enough. And you've got sports scientists say, you can only bowl 40 balls in the net, mate. <laughs> but you've got Wasi Makram saying, I was the bowler I was because I bowled two, overs before two hours before training. I can't work it out who's right or who's wrong, but you have to live it. What's your thoughts? Yeah, look, I think you can understand both sides. Times have changed. We play so much more cricket now. Obviously, you've got three formats. Um, look, you're touring almost 11 months of the year. You don't see much, much at home. And I think the boys, we've just come off two months in Sri Lanka. We had seven days at home before the team left for, for South Africa. They come back and we've got three days before everyone plays a shield game, then straight into the summer of test cricket. So... Um, I think you've got to look at both sides. There's, there's a mental aspect of it where you're on the road for at least 10 months of the year if you're playing all three formats. Obviously, you're playing a lot more cricket now as well, but then you, you've got to work on your skills as well. So I think you've got to find that happy medium where you're not bowling yourself into a ground, you're still fresh for a test match or fresh for a series, um, but at the same time, you've got to be doing enough to, to look be at the top of your game for the start of a series as well. You have been at the top of your game. And we saw at the, uh, at the top of this interview some of the action from Sri Lanka. You bowled absolutely beautifully. There was big-time struggles uh, for our, our batters in Sri Lanka. It's obviously the conditions are very, very different. But you, on the other hand, performed beautifully. I think you might have been the first ball of a test match. Uh, you picked up a wicket, which uh, I'm not sure how often that happens, not very often at all. But for you, it was a great time. Yeah, look, uh, I think, well, personally, it was, it was nice for the ball to be coming out, coming out well, but... Look, we didn't win the Test Series, so I think, um, look, I'd happily give all those Test wickets back to, to win a series, especially in the subcontinent. So, yes, yeah, so I think um, I think I can, you know, I guess be happy that the, the ball was coming out nicely in my first Test Series back after a long time out. Um, we went on to win the one-day series in the T20 Series, which was, was great to finish a tour like that. But, um, yeah, look, we've got four Test matches coming up in India, so I think as a whole, the whole group have got to find a way to just win cricket in the subcontinent, whether it be... I don't know, knuckle down a bit harder and, and really fight it out and get gritty and dirty and, and just find a way. But, um, look, I think that the good thing for us, we had Alan, uh, Alan Border over there commentating and he said that from his time playing in the subcontinent and then to his time commentating, the wickets have gotten worse and we still can't find a way to win. So, look, it's, um, it's not a problem that we're just having in the last few years. It's, no. it's been a problem for Australian cricket for a while and we've just got to find a way. When you took that 100th wicket and the commentator said, fast as ever to 100 wickets and he knows it, are you the sort of guy who... Do, are, you, are you that sort of Dean Jones, I can tell you every stat about my career sort of guy? Or does it all sort of wash over you and you don't even realise when you've broken a record? No, I was just glad it was finished because everyone was reminding me about it. All the boys were bringing it up in the tri-series. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad I don't have to talk about it anymore and it's just, you know, move on to the next, next game. So it was... Um, it's just nice. We won that game and 
as I said, we won that series, so I'm just glad I was taking wickets and contributing. And you got married this year. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Yes. And your wife is also, a, you know, obviously a very well-known cricketer. Well, how was that? Was that a big step? Because I'm just wondering, with two cricketers getting married, when you had the photos, did an umpire come out with a light meter? <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad joke. It's really congratulations. Yeah, look, I was obviously off injured, so it was, um, it was a nice little period where we could have some time together and, and have a wedding and, and do that sort of thing and... I guess, get it done in some time off and have a honeymoon and that sort of thing. So it was a nice little, uh, I guess, a silver lining to it. An injury was could do that uh, that part of my life. And, and um, so, yeah, we see her because the women's <laughs> game's taken off and now she's one of our best players for Australia. She's travelling all over the world. Yeah, I got home from Sri Lanka on a Sunday. So she picked me up from the airport and I took her back on the Monday to head off for a trip. Might keep the magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be married for 90 years <laughs> Favourite <laughs> It's been about six months, and I think we've seen each other for three what, weeks. But, um, what about your brother? How proud were you of Brandon at the Rio Olympics and the high jump? Yeah, I think um, waking up at 5 a.m. on day three of the Test match, um, but to see, see him represent Australia and himself in the Olympics was was very special. I know he was, he was very proud to get there, as as were was I as a big brother and, and us as a family. And to see him make an Olympic final at, at 22 years of age is, is something very special, and no one can take that away from him. Uh, right, just finally, so prognosis after we get the stitches out tonight, how long before you're playing and in, in what form? Yeah, I get um, the stitches out tonight. The plan at the moment is to get the brace off on, on Monday morning, bowl Monday afternoon, um, and, and go from there. There's a, there's a Shield game starting on the 24th or the 25th of this month that I'll hopefully take part in. And, um, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to let a, a cut to the leg stop me playing the first test. Oh, we can't wait to see you back in action. Mitchell, thanks so much for dropping in. Thanks Lovely to see you. All right, coming up, our champ of the week. I've never done a wheelie in my life, uh, so I can't help but be slightly impressed by Dougie Lampkin, who went the full 60-kilometre lap of the Isle of Man course on one wheel, Jules. Impressed. Mm. This is a Red Bull stunt. The last one was a guy jumping out of a plane without a parachute. You sent me the link. Yeah. I watched this for it. It goes for an hour and a half. I know. <laughs> He's wearing a, a brown island on a bike that sounds like a lawnmower. <laughs> I've got more entertaining inviting an accountant over to read our list of my tax deductions, which are all legitimate, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looked pumped, didn't he? Didn't he? Good on you, Daddy. <laughs> Love the brown leather outfit. Yeah. This bloke, on the other hand, found a very different way to do a wheelie on his bike. Uh, Rather than just having two oh. wheels, there's oh. <laughs> two wheels for you. Yeah. Now you <laughs> Is that Adam on Saturday afternoon? <laughs> Three quarter time. Uh, absolutely. Speaking of which, uh, it is time now for our champ of the week, and I may need these because it would look, it would be unfair to split them. So we've gone for the Cronulla Sharks and the Western Bulldogs, two teams who have put their fans out of their misery by winning the NRL and the AFL premierships. Nothing since their arrival in 1967 for the Sharkies and just a single flag for the Doggies in 1954. So they were about due, both got the job done, triggering an avalanche of tears and man hugs. Well played to you both, obviously. I didn't look at any of the celebrations from the Bulldogs, uh, <laughs> Kel, but thank you so much, thank you so much. It's going to be quite an after party, well, you had doggies. one job was to bring me these, <laughs> and this is the colour you chose, Kel. Just <laughs> in the bedside table. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for your company. We'll see you next week. <laughs> bye bye for now. This has been a production of Fox Sports.